Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey there, faithful listener. Hope you are ready to study the Bible with me on this lovely Monday morning. Hope the weather's been good for you. It's been kind of rainy recently here where I'm at, but that's okay. The plants need it. But I have my uh, lovely little morning glories coming up now. I think they might be my new favorite flower. My favorite flower for years was the carnation. (laughs) And uh, people would laugh at me when I said that because typically I, I guess people don't care for carnations. They're just kind of like a filler flower. I don't know. I thought they were nice. But now my favorite flower might be the morning glory with all of its glory. (laughs) They certainly are pretty. And the thing I really like about morning glories, and it actually has a biblical reason, they remind me of the verse that Jesus says about how, look at the lilies, you know, they're only around for a little while, and yet they're so beautiful, God clothes them so wonderful in their little petals. And that reminds me of a morning glory because they literally only live for like a few hours and they're dead. (laughs) But they're so beautiful. And it just kind of is a little reminder of like how much God cares about a little flower that literally only has a few hours of a lifespan. But let's read Numbers chapter 25, 6 through 18 today. We'll be finishing up this chapter today and we'll finish out talking about this great sin that the people of Israel are committing. So let's read Numbers chapter 25, 6 through 18. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. Behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought to his brothers a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel while they were weeping at the door of the tent a meeting. When Phinehas the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from the middle of the congregation and took a spear in his hand. He went after the man of Israel into the pavilion and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Those who died by the plague were 24,000. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them so that I didn't consume the children of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace. It shall be to him and to his offspring after him, the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. Now the name of the man of Israel that was slain, who was slain with the Midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Selu, a prince of a father's house among the Simeonites. The name of the Midianite woman who was slain was Cosby, the daughter of Zer. He was the head of the people of a father's house in Midian. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Harass the Midianites and strike them, for they harassed you with their wiles, wherein they have deceived you in the matter of Peor, and in the incident regarding Cosby, the daughter of the prince of Midian, their sister, who was slain on the day of the plague in the matter of Peor. Okay, so we can see here that Israel is not doing so good, right? (laughs) They are worshiping other gods. They are uh, having immoral contact with the the nations surrounding them, specifically Moab and also the Midianites, which from my understanding of the Midianites, they were actually a nomadic tribe that kind of 
move from place to place to place, and they may have settled in the area of Moab at this time. So the Midianites and the Moab, well, Moabite, I'm sorry, Moabites. <laughs> the Midianites and the Moabites would have been um, pretty much living together at this point in time. So the two words are kind of interchanged here. We see at the very, very beginning of all of this that uh, the men were having sex with either the daughters of Moab and then later on we see the Midianite women. So two different peoples, but they lived together and worshipped the same gods. Because it sounds to me like most of the ancient world worshipped the uh, little G god Baal. Because we keep seeing Baal over and over and over, and we're going to continue to see Baal for many, many years past this. <laughs> so anyway, these Israelite men are beginning to fornicate with the women by worshiping their gods with them and also doing the uh, crazy God worship, I suppose, which involved sex. And we talked about all that. So if you're interested in hearing the origins of everything that was going on, definitely go back and listen to Wednesday's episode regarding this. But I'm going to just move forward here. So it says here that the children of Israel were gathered together at the temple. They were crying. They were praying because what was happening here was just bad stuff. Terrible stuff to their community. And it was very flagrant. It was very out in the open as we see here with this story, so that the children of Israel gather together, perhaps they're praying, they're crying, and we also see that um, there is a plague going on. So the Israelites kind of got this wake-up call, like, oh my gosh, like, we're dying in this plague, and we have sinned. We have done something evil against God. So this plague has come, and now God is going to wipe us all out. This is probably what the, the Israelites were thinking, honestly. So as they're crying, as they're praying, in front of the temple, it says that there was a man that brings this Midianite woman to have sex with her in front of everybody. That's literally how this goes down. Now, there's debate on whether the man brought her into the temple courts or not. But based upon how this is portrayed, they do believe that this man may have brought her into the court of the temple. Because not only was he in front of everybody who was um, standing at the entrance of the temple, it does say, here's what he says. This man brought the Midianite woman in the sight of Moses, in the sight of all the congregation, while they were weeping at the door of the tent meeting. And then also in verse 8, it says, uh, Phineas went after the man of Israel into the pavilion. So we don't know what this pavilion was necessarily. But a lot of people do believe that it was a part of the temple. He could have brought her into the court or maybe he could have just been in a tent nearby the temple. Either way, it was 100 percent uncalled for, 100 percent a sin. And this man was doing this plainly in front of everybody, uncaring, showing what he was doing, being proud even of what he was doing, being proud of this sexual sin that he was about to commit with this woman. This was a just total act of disobedience on this man's part. He couldn't care less about this plague that was going on. He couldn't care less about uh, how the people were responding to all this. And the worst part was this man, they describe who he was. His name was Zimri, the son of Sulu, a prince. So he was one of the leaders of Israel. He was a prince that was going out and doing all this, knowing 
very well that he should not be doing this. He did it anyway. So it says he takes this Midianite woman into the pavilion, whatever that pavilion was. And Phineas, this guy, Phineas, becomes so angry. And he happens to be Eliezer's son. So Phineas takes this spear, goes into the pavilion where this man and this woman are clearly having sex because it says that he thrust both of them through the man and the woman through her body. And I think other versions actually say through her stomach. So if the woman (laughs) got uh, thrust through the stomach, she was clearly something was happening there. Like there was definitely some sort of sexual act going on between these two. So Phineas, the son of the priest, the high priest at this time, literally kills them with this spear. And it explains why he did this. Not only was he angry, but he had a heart for God, which is so cool about Phineas. It says here that he was jealous with my jealousy is what God says about Phineas. So this Phineas guy, not only was he a priest, and here's the cool thing about the priests. We've talked about this so much. The priests were the ones that were supposed to make atonement for the people, right? So they were supposed to help the people be cleansed of their sins. And this was one way that Phineas does this. So he's jealous with God's jealousy. And God commends him for this. First and foremost, God had already told the people that he wanted them to kill the leaders who were doing all of this. I don't know if they did at this point or not yet, actually. In verse 4, God had told Moses to actually hang the leaders that were doing this great sin. And I don't think Moses, uh, Moses got to it yet. It doesn't sound like he did because I think this happened like right as God was saying to do this. But when Phineas kills the man and this woman for making God's temple and God's people unholy, the plague ends up stopping. So I don't actually know if the other leaders got killed or not. They could have. They might not have at this point. I don't know. So here's what God says about Phineas. He says, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them so that I didn't consume the children of Israel in my jealousy. So now, because Phineas had a heart for God, God is going to bless Phineas greatly. So he says, I am giving Phineas a covenant, in other words, a promise of everlasting priesthood because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel, which was exactly what a priest was supposed to do. He didn't turn away from God like some of the other priests had done. He instead cared about the things of God, cared about God's laws and wanted to make sure that they came to fruition and cared about the people of Israel as well by doing this. Because you and I, as Christians, are called the priests nowadays, that is what a Christian is supposed to be, is a priest helping people uh, come to God, I suppose, we need to have the heart of Phineas now. And what does that mean? (laughs) That does not mean we take our spears and go and kill people, because it's just different now. Like We're not in Old Testament times. We are in the times of grace, right? Rather than the times of Um, God's judgment. But of course, God's judgment is going to come again, just not yet, because we are in still the period of grace. But what we are supposed to do 
as people with the heart of Phineas and as priests, we are supposed to be jealous with God's jealousy. That means we protect the church, I think. There are so many things in scripture that talk about how we need to really be watching over our churches, making sure things like this don't happen, where corruption starts coming in, where people start uh, just openly sinning in the church and causing other people to sin as well. We need to watch out for that. Paul actually talks about how it's our responsibility as Christians to judge the church. It is not our responsibility to judge the world. I believe you can read that in 1 Corinthians 6. But the thing is, we are supposed to judge the church. Very clear in scripture that we do not allow things that are wrong to come into the church and to cause a stumbling block, to cause corruption. Technically, that was what this community of Israel really was. The Israelites were the church, God's church, his congregation. So because Phineas dispelled the evil, I suppose, that was coming into the Israelite nation, or rather the church, God blessed him so much in the end. And that's the thing. Phineas was the only one that stood up to do this. This would have been a very hard thing for the people to do, especially since this guy, this, uh, what's his name? Zulu um, Zimri. <laughs> because the Zimri guy was a prince, it's very possible that it was kind of hard for the people of Israel to, um, to follow through the way Phineas did. But yet Phineas did, in fact, do it. He got rid of the evil that was going on in the congregation. So we do the same thing now in the churches. If something is going on that we definitely know is a sin, we need to make sure we take action to stop that thing from continuing to thrive. It doesn't have to be like sexual sins out in the open. This could be gossip, slander, uh, causing division in the church because all those things are so wrong. We got to make sure that we are on top of that stuff and that we are not allowing that to happen to us because that's the kind of stuff that breaks up a church. That's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, we see churches falling from the inside out and the world judges the church being like, oh, they're, they think they're so holy, but they can't even function themselves and they judge me. If the church is going to be exactly like the world, why would the world want to come to the church? We have to be different. We have to be similar to this Phineas guy who loves the things of God, who loves holiness. Because if we don't love holiness and we love the things of the world, our churches are going to start collapsing. People aren't going to want to come to the church and the church is going to look like a total bunch of losers and hypocrites. So why would we do that? Why would we cause the church to look worse than it can be sometimes? <laughs> so my point is, we really got to watch out. We just have to make sure we are on top of things in our church communities. And any one of us can do this because we are all priests. We are all similar to Phineas. Phineas was just a random guy a random priest that cared about God. Since you and I are priests and we hopefully care about God, we can do the same thing that Phineas did and start to make the church look healthy and whole again. But yet we got to make sure we are not doing it ourselves either. 
We really got to be on top of each other and on top of ourselves as well. And to make sure that we have a healthy, growing community of people in our church. After all this takes place, it actually says in verse 16 that now the Israelites have to harass the Midianites the same way the Midianites harassed the Israelites. Because the Midianites tried to infiltrate the Israelites people to get them to sin purposefully and to uh, try to get them basically to change their religion around, to change the ways of God. So in the end, the Midianites also did get their day of judgment, I suppose, because God is, in fact, a very just God when Jesus returns. And it's so cool how um, so much of scripture is just the New Testament, and the Old Testament are tied together because we've been talking a lot about Jesus's second coming. When Jesus comes again, he is going to come with judgment for the world. So we got to watch out. We got to warn people. We got to be on our guard. We got to be keeping ourselves accountable and other people accountable as well, even though it might be scary to do. Well, friends and faithful listeners, I hope that you have the jealousy that God has for his people because God cares so much about each and every one of us. He is jealous for us. So we also need to take on that kind of behavior the way God does, that same jealousy for each other to make sure that we are not causing each other to sin, but rather helping each other, building each other up, caring for each other, loving each other. We really got to do all the stuff that Jesus tells us to do. We got to imitate Jesus the way a little child would imitate us. (laughs) But anyway, guys, I really hope you had a great weekend. If you did, contact me. Tell me uh, what you did over the weekend and um, the fun things that you got to do. And you can always get a hold of me at facebook.com slash P40 Ministries, or you can go over to www.p40ministries.com slash contact and get a hold of me there as well. I love hearing from you guys. I like talking with you, learning about you, and uh, seeing where you're from. I just enjoy all of that. So if you ever want to contact me, go ahead and do that. I am available. But anyway, guys, tune in tomorrow for an episode out of Luke. We are more than halfway done with Luke. We only have a few more chapters. We're going to be moving in to the book of John very quickly. So I'm excited about that. I hope you are too. And I'm just so appreciative that you're continuing to tune in every day to the Bible Explained podcast. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.